and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your host, Dan Colburn. Today's episode is brought to you by... Serious Technical Topics. And Serious Radio. And Serious XM Radio. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Shade 45. I think today is going to be a techie one. Yeah, no, I, I think we have tech topics for sure. Yeah. So I don't get to Caleb. see your eyes because of the monitor thing? Uh, that's it's so going to be tough, man. Hang on, I... I mean, you I do have break. a really nice profile. Your hair is. I can point this like over here, but I swaggy. can't look at you. So you're all right, just gonna see right. me. Yeah, as long as I can like see the white of your eyes. Sure, 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 sure. That's enough for me. Yep. Um, how are you? <laughs> I'm really good, Dan Cole. How are you? I'm good. Um, That's great. We got tech topics. Uh, oh, ooh, I got an iPad Pro. Oh yeah. Not yet. I don't have it, but oh, it's nice. arriving today. I have the pencil. Okay. Do you have any other iPads? I haven't had an iPad since like Gen 1. Oh, wow. So I've not had an iPad in a long time. I'm really looking forward to it. Cool. You got big plans? Uh, definitely like Procreate. Yep. Um, and then Andrew Huang, who's like Andrew a... Andrew Huang. Yeah. You know Andrew <laughs> Huang. He made like a, a like a pretty interesting DAW for the, for the iPad. Oh, yeah. So I'm pretty excited to just like kind of play around with that and make music and stuff. Dude, that um, I guy. Know. I just want to like mess like, around on that thing. I that guy in an alternate universe, I get really into like, um, uh, like modular synths and my buddy Walter, all that who stuff. works at Dropbox, is like super into him because of Andrew Huang. Yeah, dude, he just did an episode on on some. Oh, he's got some little synth that he loves. It's a tiny little mm-hmm. thing with like a keyboard on it, and and he put it through this. Oh, he demoed this like pedal for like a guitar pedal, but like, you know, the most insane guitar pedal ever that right, you of course. don't just use with guitars at all. He just plugged in his little MIDI keyboard, but mm-hmm. um, it just makes everything sound like gravy. Like it's crazy. That's dope. So good. So and all of his stuff, it's so well produced. His studio yeah. is so cool. I love those uh, about four that producers, one sample videos he does. Yeah. They're so <clears throat> yep. YouTube's cool, man. YouTube is great. YouTube is so great. It really as is. As long as you don't ruin your algorithm. That's the problem. Yeah. Is that I'll sometimes I'll fall asleep with a YouTube video on and just destroy my algorithm. That does it. Sure. Yeah. We have to be careful with spousal um, account switching algorithm debauchery. Uh, that's fine because Charlotte doesn't like YouTube. Gotcha. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll see like a like um, 12 things at Disney World, whatever. And I'll be like, oh, no. <laughs> They're on to me, but yeah, yeah. but I think the algorithm in general, I, I, it's kind of a love hate. Yeah. Um, I need to remember to just go to the view where you see all, like, it's like a timeline of videos from your subscriptions from your subscriptions. Yeah. Cause that, that's the sauce and you don't want to miss that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Dude. I, um, I have a thing like YouTube. I mean this, they do this to everyone, not just me, but like, I think I'm the exact target demographic for this, but like. If I fall asleep with a YouTube video on, next day, I realize during my sleep, it played through like 12 videos and ended up in like Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, like all this, <laughs> all this stuff. And then like, then, yeah. then for the, like a month, I get all these like weird, like conservative debate Lord videos Yeah, where it's like, it's like Ben Shapiro owns transgender student yep. or yep. whatever, you know, That's I'm so just funny. like, dude, come on. Like. Yeah. It's just like you watch a gaming video, 
or something right and fall and asleep like, and you wake up in the ben shapiro rabbit hole right and then ads for like everyday carry knives and oh yeah well like that, that that doesn't help either because i uh like i did some research before i bought a pistol mm. so like youtube does know that i've watched a couple of gun videos yeah um, it's over so that's yeah i'm done for yeah the I, when, you know, Trump was, was the hot topic of topics, mm-hmm. I was watching, um, Seth Meyers, uh, a closer look. Cause I just think he's super funny. Yep. And, but his, the rec- his recommendation is never, f- well, I confuse the algorithm by watching him and occasionally dosing Tucker Carlson just oh, yeah. for some entertainment. Yeah. Just to see, you know, how the end of the just world see how is the other go. half lives. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> But anyway, so it's real confused and it doesn't know what to recommend to me, mm-hmm. but uh, it's still recommending a closer look like so hard, like everything. And I really don't care about it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just won't stop. Like it's stuck. It's crazy. Yeah, if you touch anything from mainstream media. Yeah. Uh, they're like, oh, great. Wait, this is good because so we have content deals with NBC or whatever. Oh, so, so like we're happy to serve you more NBC gotcha. content. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. It is weird how much of my brain power goes to like training algorithms to give me what I want. I know. It is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stress involved with it. There's a lot of, do you ever? Like, oh, I want to watch this video, but I don't want to be seen watching this video by yes. the algorithm. I so wish I better open it could. in an incognito window. Right. Yep. There's definitely that where you like, you want to just like turn off. Yeah, it's like turning off reactivity in, you know, Alpine's yeah, core exactly. to do a mutation right. on an object. <laughs> exactly. It's like you just want to Please stop don't do anything watchers. about this. Right. Please don't do anything about this. Stop propagation. Here's a stressful one. Um, when you open up and there's like four videos or even just two videos that you really want to watch. This is actually more of an issue on the Fire Stick that we mm-hmm. use. And, and you don't want to let go of them. Like you want to watch both, but if you go into one and then you go back, like there's, you're never going to see it again. You know, right. like if it's not from one of your, there's always that, like, you know, the Mark Rober, you have a fan, follow that uh-huh. guy. Huge fan, huge fan. So he, did you see the squirrel 2.0? With fat, yeah. fat, oh, 2.0. I didn't see 2.0. It came out yesterday. Oh yeah. Charlotte, or Charlotte showed ago. me, Charlotte showed me on Instagram, like a screenshot of a news post about him doing the squirrel video. And she was like, this is like two years old. Why are they posting this? Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, so there's a new one. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it's it's one of the crossovers for Hannah and I. Like, mm-hmm. I watch a lot of, like, physics and engineering Charlotte also YouTube. same, yeah. Yeah, but she, Hannah loves Mark Rober, so we save it, you know, till, like, Charlotte the also likes Mark Rober. To watch together. Nice, yeah. Who? How could you not, man? That guy is, yeah. like... He seems like a sweetheart. He's the king. Yeah. His content is like the best ever. He's yeah, he's yeah. perfect in every way. He's nice. He's, he's nice. like kid friendly, so like yep. there's no like any of that. Like it's just like he's real. He, he's like there's a bit yeah. of vulnerability there. And he's like nailed the like he's nailed the like perfectly accessible from every angle thing. Oh my gosh, like the perfect amount of time, the yeah. perfect format. I was watching like a breakdown of how and he And like does... the perfect enemy because everyone hates people who steal packages. Yeah, you know? true. He's yeah. like, he's like, I have one enemy in this world and it's like scammers and thieves. Other than that, like I am like generically nice loving of everyone. Yeah. 
And his, did you see the, uh, the one he did about his autistic son? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I yeah. teared up at that one, man. Man's real. Yeah, that was, that was some real stuff. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. He he's uh he's he did the the oh, that foundation for autism, whatever a fundraiser thing with Jimmy Kimmel. Uh huh. And it was just like a few hour long thing where they got lots of celebrities from both like YouTube and from mainstream media and crossover event. Yeah, and uh, whatever, and raised a bunch of money, and it was pretty cool. And then he said that he's doing a TV show with Jimmy Kimmel. Ooh. Um. And at first I was, and, and he, he gave the disclaimer, like I was, he's asked me this for a long time. I've been really, really hesitant and like, no, I don't want to do that, but whatever. He's on board with it. And I'm a, I'm a little bit like, oh, like, I hope that TV doesn't ruin. I hope cool TV guy. doesn't ruin Mark Rober. Like, yeah, it's probably good. I just, I couldn't, I don't know if I could handle Mark Rober content that, uh, a, um, like a NBC network got, got exactly in. like a network yeah. put their hands on is like oh they would just ruin it it'd be like it'd be like there'd be like drummed up drama in yeah. uh dun, in a mark dun, Rober dun, video dun. <laughs> yeah it would be yeah whatever anyway but yeah man check out I, squirrel 2.0 well. it's ridiculous oh i will it's, we'll watch of it of course tonight. he like pushed it we like, are gonna far. watch it tonight um last thing on youtube before we move on to actual technology um do you uh watch stuff made here no stuff made here is like another sort of like engineering channel okay um but it's like a kind of a nerdy dude and his wife uh it's mostly him but he his wife is in every video Hmm. um but he makes crazy things like uh he made a basketball hoop that you can't miss Mm. so he put this hoop on like moving axes and it like like detects the trajectory of the ball and moves the hoop so that it goes in yeah like his dartboard Um, you see that one? yeah he did one of those too that might have been him mark Um, rober did the dark oh mark rober did the dartboard okay cool so then he did the basketball hoop cool he's done he did a a 22 caliber baseball bat Mm. um that has like a piston fired by a 22 blank so that you can hit baseballs really hard so uh, wait, hold on um like internally yeah like so that so you like can in- swing fast and it'll like like change the so in the sweet spot of the bat yeah there's like a piston oh that, i gotcha so when you make contact with contact. the ball it shoots the piston out really hard and like quadruples your strength nice that's um, pretty cool and then you know uh dustin from smarter every day i think his name is destin actually Destin, but destin yeah. from I'm Destin from Smarter Every I'm Day. Destin that makes from sense. Smarter Every Day. Um, we, we've just been going through his sub, uh, Bam, nuclear Bam submarine series because we yeah, have yeah. a friend oh, on, it's a, great. on a sub. He's just like asking all the questions. He's like, can I ask this? Right. Our friend yeah, yeah. literally is on a sub right now, a nuclear uh-huh. sub. He's a nuclear engineer. And so we're like, oh, we should watch this. So mm-hmm. we know like something. So we know something. And it's been super entertaining. Yeah. It's crazy. Go on. Um, anyway, he makes all these devices that throw baseballs really hard. And so they did a crossover episode where they took his fast throwing machine and, oh, nice. uh, and the other guy's fast hitting machine and they hit a ball coming off of the fast throwing machine. It's cool. There's a lot of good crossover content in those worlds. Yep. Yep. Anyway, um, Alpine. So yesterday I hopped on a call with you with a anonymous person who needed help with something that you were helping. Yep. Livewire. Livewire. I guess Livewire and, and Alpine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, when I had to leave a little bit early. Yeah. Um, but basically, the 
the situation we were in was like they have a bunch of nested objects, right? So like items that can have sub items hey, of the deep, same type. Before yeah. we go into the deep one, yeah. Do you remember the first thing that we looked at where like the at symbol was throwing off morphdom? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a solution and it's kind of fun. Because you understand the problem better than that. Yeah, because this will be like a small isolated one that we could just kick it off, get in the zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the problem. Yep. Morph Dom takes two Dom trees and compares them and it finds a difference from one and it applies it to the other without, you know, mutilating everything, ideally. Sure. We know this. We know this. We know this. And if there is, so if there's an attribute present, if there's a, like, a, let's say that there's a div on the left side and a div on the right side, but the right side div has a class on it, like you conditionally loaded it in Blade or something, <sighs> Morph Dom will see both divs and will go, okay, these are the same element. And it'll mm-hmm. go, like, do they have the same attributes? Oop, nope, we have a class here. Okay, then let's mm-hmm. create a new attribute on this div called class and we'll fill it with the values from that other div to kind of make it match. Yep. Clear? Mm-hmm. So the error is a browser error that says um, invalid attribute name, whatever. DOM exception, invalid attribute name. Yes. When MorphDOM tries to add an attribute, an Alpine at symbol attribute, like any of the event listeners, at click or at whatever. Yeah. At whatever. When it tries to do at whatever, it fails because the browser literally can't do it. Yep. Like you literally just can't, like every DOM element has dot set attribute, a method. And yeah. you pass in a key and a value, and then it attaches it to the DOM node. And yeah. if the if the key has an at symbol or an ampersand in it, and probably a whole host of other symbols, it will error out. But here's the nutso part. You can create an element with an at symbol, obviously. Like, otherwise, you wouldn't be able to use the at symbol in Alpine or Vue.js. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you can write it in your HTML, load the page, and it'll work. And you can say dot get attribute at symbol click you can say that and everything's fine but when you try to set attribute for some reason the browser throws a fit so that's the issue anytime morph dom is trying to morph html and if it comes across an at symbol it's gonna it's gonna error out and break everything Mm -hmm. like it's like a Mm -hmm. fatal error understand the problem yes so do you want to like shake your stick at a solution or do you want me to skip to the fun part? I want you to skip to the fun part. Okay. So I rolled up my sleeves and was like, well, first I start just Googling around. Like people had to have run into this. And of course, people from like Angular Stack Overflows from 10 years ago, sure. you know, Clear have that. stuff like this where they're like, right. I'm running into this thing, whatever. Every single thing I've seen, nobody ever even mentions a workaround. It's always... Mm-hmm. Or, or a workaround to actually do it. It's always like, oh, in your framework, you need to use this syntax. You know, it's like user error. It's never, this is how you get around this browser inconsistency. Right. So I gave it a good go. And then I'm like, all right, it's time to roll up my sleeves, open up the dev tools. And this is the fun part. I, I rewarded myself with just like running free in the dev tools and trying to hack, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. to get this thing to work. So I started messing with stuff and... I messed with everything I possibly could. So here's an interesting thing. If you have an element, any given element, document.query selectors, a div. Okay. You call dot attributes. Yes. It's a property. Yes. And you get, it's called a named, a named node map, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, it, it's not an array. You want it to be, okay. it's not. 
So most of the time when I access these, I just do array from. Yes. And then there you go. Now I can do my maps and filters and loops and whatever. But so I'm like, all right, well, I got to dig into a named node map. So what I'll save you the in, the specifics, but picture me just crawling around MDM docs for all of these different like class types in the browser right. and trying to find something that's like whatever. So each of these attributes is actually a node. Like every attribute on every DOM element is of it's the base node. type node in the same way that an element is of the base type node. node. They share that same prototype. It's very interesting. I did not know that attributes were nodes. So they are. I did not. I did not know that. (laughs) So I tried, you know, everything, overwriting the name of the node, everything, and could not do it. So I did find this workaround. You could create an element, brand new element from a string. However, you would do Mm -hmm. that, and. You would get the named node map, get all the attributes, find yes. the one with the at symbol that you want. Yes. Get it. Get the, get yes. the attribute node. Mm-hmm. Get the attribute node. Remove it from that element because you can't, you know, move it to another one. Clone the node and then re-add it to the new element by doing set attribute node instead of just set attribute. So set attribute node accepts a node instead of set attribute, which accepts the key and the value. Mm. so anyway so i found this hack and i was like oh my gosh like this works so you can do Mm -hmm. that um so then i'm like i don't know so that was just fun just to hack around and figure out does this not like make things slower like how much slower does this because like don't you need to yeah so like the process of identifying the attributes that you need to do this process on seems like it would do be a lot of like walking or looking for things or whatever yes so here we go. So the first thought is, how do I get this thing into MorphDOM? You know, am I literally yes. going to bust open? I own MorphDOM in LiveWire because I've already had to, you know, do surgery on it. So mm-hmm. I could go to the spot in MorphDOM that compares the attributes and I could write an if statement that says, if there's an at symbol, use this new hack strategy. I could do that. Okay. Yes. Then I was like, you know what? Like JavaScript is so great. I could just get the element prototype and overwrite the set attribute method. So that I don't make any morph DOM changes. I hack the actual set attribute method. There's probably people listening to this like, don't do that. You're you're a maniac. But I like it. Right? I don't have to change anything. All I do, I'm I'm basically creating a better set attribute that's tolerant, you know? Mm. So I overwrote the prototype of set attribute and I just put a I just made it call itself, but put in a try catch. And mm-hmm. if it errored out, then I do the new solution. Mm. Um, and so then I threw a little like benchmark around it, like just performance dot now millisecond, you know, mm-hmm. subtracting and whatnot. And I, f- it's pretty slow, like you would guess. I I ran it a thousand in times. In normal cases or just in the edge case? Just in the edge case. In normal cases, it's fine, right? In normal cases, it was almost, almost no different at all. Okay. So I ran it a thousand times, and it's like two milliseconds without the for the normal case like the normal set attribute native and then it's like mm-hmm. 2.01 milliseconds sure sure sure. you know not noticeable it's not noticeable because of just the noise in general you couldn't even you couldn't detect a thing sure so that was kind of cool but the other path was like 20 milliseconds or something Ooh, like maybe it was like 12 so then i bumped it up to like 2000 iterations 
mm-hmm. and then it was like 50 milliseconds for the bad case. Mm-hmm. Now, like in reality, you're only taxing the at symbols right. and it doesn't really matter. Sure. But I still was like, Unacceptable. I, want, I want to find some way. Yeah. And I tried really hard and I, whatever, ideally there's some crazy thing I could do with caching, but I couldn't figure out a way. Um, mm-hmm. But I found out that it was the try catch that was the slow up. Really? Yeah. It wasn't the creating the element. So were you able to just replace that with like an if or yeah, something I did. and make it? Literally, I did like if name starts with at symbol. That's do the normal thing. And that's not taxing at all. And there's no that's measurable insane. difference between regexing for an at symbol, checking for a dot includes in the string, or checking for dot starts with. They're all the same That's actually like shocking that try catch is so bad. Yeah. It, it took it down from like... I think I was at a hundred. Do you think 100... it like, takes extra time to throw an exception or something? Like maybe, or like maybe the ex- exception has to like propagate to a bunch of other things or something. I don't know. That's crazy. So I did five thousand iterations, mm-hmm. and it took it from like between a hundred and three hundred milliseconds down to twelve. Mm-hmm. Very good. Which That's is good like enough. totally passable performance. If you do five thousand iterations of the normal, how it's still much like, does that take? It's between two and six. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it really doesn't like grow. Like if it grows in a linear way, it's hard to detect and weird. Weird. Yeah, there might be some weird internal thing. I could probably, I should probably add like noise to the benchmark to mm-hmm. to test it a little bit better. But, but yeah, it's cool though. Yeah. So now it's I'm messing cool. with like making a little like memory benchmarker utility that I can use to make sure that like creating that extra DOM node like doesn't lag around or i don't know whatever stupid stuff for fun but yeah yeah isn't that fun dude javascript is the best javascript rules just like hack a prototype method make it work (laughs) yeah oh it's not tolerant make it tolerant i like prototypes a lot they're nice they're nice they're cool all right so that was uh that was our first little throwaway easy fix i loved it good fix sweet the other one was in livewire a design pattern and yeah. I think it's actually a pretty common design pattern. I think so, too. Um, so you have items. They have CRUD operations, right? So, like, you need to be able to add one. You need to be able to remove one, you, um, whatever. And then the the interesting thing in this case was you also need to be able to clone one. Yep. Right? Um, so this is, like, imagine, like, a nested list of items. Each item is an input, right? So, like... What if we call them folders? Folders. Folders is great. Okay. So if you have a folder and the folder has a name. Yep. Right. And then within that, you can create another named folder, but you can also create like three named folders at the same level. And then one of those would also have another child. And it's basically infinite tree shaped stuff of children and parents. Right. Yep. And so basically you're going to have like a recursive live wire component that basically uh, shows a folder or shows like a level of folders and then shows the contents. And the thing that we were talking about was how do we, so say I need to delete a folder, right? So I'm in the LiveWire component for that folder. I press the delete button. Um, how do I remove it, right? Yeah, if you delete the and model, you get a 404 not found error because you just exactly. deleted a model and then it tries to render its own page, but it doesn't have the model anymore, so. Exactly. So it's a, it's a tough um, one. And so you, the temptation is to do sort of the um, like React style thing where you would hold in the parent 
a list of all of the folders and then like do some rendering uh, below and then like an, emit an event up to the parent to remove that right. uh, folder from the list. And then that would like change the for each loop, which blah, blah, blah. The problem was uh, we didn't want to re-render the entire display of children because there was like some Alpine state issues and blah, blah, blah. So the goal was to avoid doing a re-render on the entire list. Um, and at that point, like the state was being held at the very top of this uh, hierarchy, right? And every everyone was just like echoing their state upwards. Um, and we were like, can we disentangle this and basically bring the state more local? And here was one of the other issues is when you're think about when you're at the top level. So right. one of these components that d- doesn't have any parents, what is it emitting an event to to add you know, or to remove itself? You know, it has no parent right. to remove itself as the child. So you end up creating a wrapper component that has all the same functionality. And then you're just, you know, you're hurting. Yeah. You're hurting because now you've got two components for one component worth of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really bad. It's really so make sure we stop at your your clever solution that we really liked. Uh, so my clever solution was uh, have everything contain its own state, right? Move all the state internal. And then when you remove uh, when you remove it, uh, just render s- keep the live wire component there, but just render a comment that or like an empty div or something. You know, like yeah, we did like an empty div with display style, you know, inline style display none. Yeah. And just render that. So basically you say if there is a model, then show the normal display. Right. If there's not a model um, or if the model has been deleted, I forget exactly what the what the query was. Yeah. Um, but basically, if, if we've just deleted the model, then just show an empty div. Um with display none and that's really cool for delete problem is there was another case which was clone right so if i'm on a model and i need to press a button that's going to clone this model uh where am i where am i going to do that if i can't echo uh or emit an event up to the parent and then have the parent add it to the list right yep and so we wanted to solve this problem for clone so it's easy for add another uh, for add a child, right? Adding a child is easy. Um, adding a sibling is difficult, right? Because you would need to modify the state of the parent. Um, yep. And we wanted to avoid doing this event emission stuff. Yep. So then Caleb had an idea. You want to explain your brilliant idea? Yeah. So I was like, what if, what if instead of the LiveWire component being the individual folder and then having parents... And that's that's basically the structure, which is really beautiful. Like that's so ideal. But as Daniel just said, the shortcoming we came up with was we had to do a hack for delete and duplicate. Basically, is impossible to do, you know, efficiently the way we want to. Mm-hmm. So and I was like, all right, well, so what if what if the component was a group of siblings? So it was the layer one layer in the tree of folders. Right. So the the group would basically be the folder contents rather than the folder itself. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah. So, and that worked well. Like we started down that road. And so the benefit here is if some folder wants to delete itself, it's no problem because that's the live wire component is that layer. So it can delete itself. It can also duplicate itself. 
but adding is actually an issue. And I don't know if you were around for this, but but this nope. We ran into this issue where you're basically trading issues. Where in the other oh, paradigm, adding a child is an issue. Yeah, adding a child is an issue. You have to have because that's now outside of my scope. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Um. Could and so how did you handle it? So we went to hell and back in the sense that like literally I created a brand new project on my computer so that mm-hmm. we could like try this all out in an isolated right. environment. So the difficult thing was we were working inside of like an existing code base that was kind of yeah. busy. And were you there when we were running into that like real issue? Like like we hit some real like uh, you know, Chrome yeah. dev tools crapping out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the, the bad the bad error. You got the bad error. So it turns out I was like you know he's real disheartened and i'm like i'm like well okay we need to at least we need to at least explore this issue because if we can solve it then this is going to be a really great solution anyway we figured out that it was user error so shame on livewire for not having better error reporting to let us know that it wasn't livewire's error but it was user error we were literally like (laughs) whatever we were overwriting the current child tree the current child layer with the parent child layer so you would get all this crazy stuff whatever it was stupid okay anyway but then we hit that hurdle that i just described where like oh wait we're just trading one solution for the other where now we have to do this emit event garbage to that's inefficient to tell a child to add you know a new sibling whatever right so oh, dude we, we we were like you know what maybe liveware is not the tool we're like maybe it's not let's see what it what this would look like in blade alpine view everything and everything has its trade-offs. It's basically impossible to do an Alpine, which is really so, interesting. Can I like posit a solution? Yes. And you tell me if this is the way you went. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking the parent, the highest level one, right? The highest level component yep. has the state of the entire tree below it, right? Okay. So like the entire tree structure in it. Um, and then it like takes the top level of that array. Like it sort of like says like, I don't care about anything below one level of this array. I just care about the top level of this array. Yeah. Um, and I'll render those things. And then all of the chill, all of the rest of that array, I'll pass in as props to the next one. And then that one can say, okay, I don't care about anything except for the top level of this array. I'll render that. Everything else I'll pass in as props to the next one. And then when you need to add a child component, you would basically just add a prop to this big like array that you're managing, um, which wouldn't get propagated upwards because it doesn't matter, um, but would sort of pass down as a prop. Yes, but that's not. Are you saying in Vue.js? Um, I don't really know. I haven't. Like, it wouldn't work in Livewire that, that way, way. unless okay. you re-rendered all the children because there's no such thing as right. You have to re-render props. all the children. Right, right, right. But with uh with Vue, that that's sort of an approach like if i were to build it in Vue, i would probably create like a json tree representation mm-hmm. and use that in like vuex or at the top level with uh um, and you just chop off context. the head at every level yeah and then everything that everything would know its level and then if it needed to add something to itself or you know what maybe a better thing to do like maybe if i was actually doing in Vue, i would everything would be a database call to the back end and then the database, see, this is the problem, though. 
Yeah, this is the problem, man. With the liveware approach, you're only make you're only updating like the thing that needs updating. Like if you're modifying the name of one item, you're only right, modifying right. that name. Mm-hmm. With Vue, like a really good solution would be to when you do the update, re-render the entire tree, you mm-hmm. know, and then like so everything will just react. Um, that would be the method I would go with Vue. But yeah, who knows? But then you know, then you're dealing with translating between the JSON tree and the database. Um, and you're passing around a potentially massive tree. So anyway, yep. everything has its shortcomings. Everything it has its drawbacks. So what was the solution you found after well, going to Helen? I did find that Alpine is like a no-go for this because you can't do an infinitely nested tree in Alpine because there's no component to recurse. Right, right. You know, you'd ha- you can't, which is mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, that's kind of an interesting shortcoming. You could use a blade component. But then it wouldn't be reactive. You'd have to reload the page anytime you wanted to go. You should make a, um, a layer deeper. You, sh- you should make like a like an X self. Oh, interesting. Um, you you yeah. just call like div X self or template X self or something, and it just like goes up the tree until it finds an X data, and it's like okay, this is the component now. You know. Yeah, I'd think about that. I don't. That'd know. be crazy. The yeah. So, Dan Cole, yeah. here's the solution. The solution is, I'm like, you know what? The, the la- like, like I just, like we were talking about where each component is a layer of siblings. Mm-hmm. That's the solution. And mm-hmm. to overcome the shortcoming, the shortcoming of having a child add a new sibling to itself, which is the equivalent of adding a child, you know? Right. Um, you need to send a message to a specific direct child and mm-hmm. how do you do that? There's no like emit down to this thing, whatever. So what we did is we attached a listener. So in Liveware, you can generate dynamic listeners mm-hmm. with the protected get listeners method. So mm-hmm. with get listeners, every one of these recursive components generates a listener with the ID of the parent of their mm-hmm. siblings. And so then the parent just like emits. Yeah. So any of these, these siblings that want to add a child, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so you would click. Yeah, I don't remember the exact order. It was a little bit heady, keeping mm-hmm. track of the parent. Of, you know, it's that kind of recursion headiness. Mm-hmm. But it worked like a charm. It totally performant, no wasted network requests. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a hundred percent performant. Worked everything perfect. worked perfectly reactively. Where it just all clicked and was like, oh, this is perfect. Now everything works great. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I th- I think the things that we took away were like, so we all know. Those of us who like are in the like having opinions about how to write live wire world, right? Um, we, I think we all know that like having like as much as possible, having as few child components as possible is good, right? Yeah, as as little component communication as possible. Yeah. So like having things be isolated in their own component, and it's better to have like a large component that does a lot of things than to have like lots of tiny bespoke components that all need to talk to a parent or yeah, something, right? Right. And so that's like the first rule of thumb with like component organization and live wire. Right. Then the second one is like, okay, if you're going to break that rule and you're going to have like a bespoke component, make it not depend on a parent, you know, like make it isolated, make it control its own state, make it control its own destiny. Right. Yep. Um, because the bad scene is the thing we talked about before where you have to actually create two components, a wrapper component that knows how to handle right. a child component and then a child component because now you're dealing with logic in two different places. Yep. It's nasty. Um, 
And so we basically, when we went to the like recursion mode, our thing was like, okay, this is good because even though there is going to need to be some kind of client, uh, communication here, at least like we're hand, the handler and the emitter are in the same place. Right. Yeah. So like the logic is like cohabitating inside of one component. Yeah. Uh, and like, it's, it's recursion, right? So it's like, it's still like one component that's both sending and getting the message. It's clean. I like yep. it. And sending messages down is definitely better than sending messages up here. Right? Yep. Uh, well, it wouldn't matter. Mes- sending messages up leads to more re-renders. Right. We're not sending, really, what matters is sending a message to one listener. Right. So you have, so this is a, this is a shortcoming of Liveware that there's no good way to do this without what I just described. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is a fine way because it actually is incredibly powerful if you look at listeners. Mm-hmm. If, if you use dynamic listeners, mm-hmm. um, you can do you can achieve what you want, which is targeting specific instances of a generic LiveWire component. If there's a LiveWire right. component that there's 50 of, this is a way that you can target a specific one. You yep. know, you can send a direct message. You can send a direct message without even going to the front end to the back end first because you can call that magic emit from wire click directly. Right. And send and the, the message the, directly. The reason to that it's important to be able to target one is like that the initial problem was like unnecessary re-renders. Yes. Right. When we were and just like, emitting up the tree and every parent was and everything listening was re-rendering. Because it, it's yeah. all the same component. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so there were a few and, things that made this distinct, like specifically the fact that it was recursive. Uh-huh. I think that's that's probably the best way to label this problem is a, making a recursive tree. Of yeah, it's like a recursive components. tree problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like most of these, most and of like these intra-tree things. And like intra-tree communication for yeah, a recursive yeah, tree. Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty but yeah, it was a really cool pattern. And I think it's a pattern that's semi-common, right? Like making lists with child elements. Yeah. Like if you imagine building like Omni Outliner or something, you know, and you're just like, I need to make like bullet points and each of those needs to have bullet points and each of those needs to have bullet points. Bullet points, uh, project, like, Project Folders, groups, projects, you know, groups and things. Yeah. Um, I've had to do it with questions and answers. Yeah. Teams and sub teams. Yeah. There, this like is all, a, those a thing. sorts of things. Yeah, it's a thing. So at the the but the you know the takeaway is like, okay, at the end of the day, like Liveware, I really do believe that Liveware is the best solution for this problem with what we, but only with what we came up with, you know. Yeah. And it's well, like and that's the thing is like the the thing with Livewire is like there isn't. Um, Livewire doesn't have uh, people, well, it has a few, but it doesn't have a, as big of a community of people sharing best practices and software design patterns and yeah. stuff as we had when we were learning Laravel, right? And we also, in Laravel world, had the advantage of like all of the design patterns from Rails and stuff, basically just, just like du- those, yeah. you could just correct direct copy paste them right like mvc was a solved problem yeah right that's the same thing with um, Vue and inheriting from react inheriting from exactly Angular, and if you, you know. so if you live in Vue or another sort of component based javascript framework yeah um that you're using a lot of the same sort of software design principles that people at facebook and stuff have solved and given conference talks about and written about extensively and lots of these design patterns are being used by giant companies that have developer advocates that then go talk about them at conferences or write big blog posts about them or whatever 
Yeah. And so these ideas or books, right? And these ideas like about how to do software design in this uh in this idiom like spread around the community. And Livewire is just newer and uh doesn't have as many people talking publicly about when they solve problems, right? Yeah. Um and so I think like call out to the listeners and to myself like we need to be like writing about some of these solutions you know and like caleb you've done a good job in your screencast and stuff right like building a data table was like an important thing to do right yeah because it's like that's a common thing right that's like someone needs to like talk about how to do this well i should do the recursive tree just do a quick series on it it's like a very simple um you know i can call it whatever Mm -hmm. and and just yeah as long as recursive in the name because anybody who's stuck on something like this hopefully would go to the screencasts and go what are recursive yeah they'd go well, like they'll go to google and sell, they'll say live wire recursive i would think and hopefully that if, your if seo will win i'm guessing right hopefully or whatever it doesn't matter yeah. as long as they get the answer but if they're on the screencasts and they're they're like is there something in here that could help me with this pattern and like this or maybe you know what like there should be a live wire um component structure guide you know something that's like here are structural idioms yeah. you know and just like a like oh I, are you abstracting components for every individual input and you don't have to okay go here don't do that one big liveware component many small you know blade components are you how many layers are you nesting is it a generic component is it, you know all this stuff whatever yep how to communicate to each other, how to re-render, force re-renders, all sorts of stuff. Sibling, whatever. Yeah, so. Yeah. Something that should exist. Different. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Love it. So let's make a mental note here. Make a mental note. Make a mental note. Yeah, man. Yes, yeah, so that was a good, good time. Thanks for stuff. coming on that, D. Cole. Yeah, that was a good time. Um, it's basically like, talk about? <laughs> I hit up Daniel like, Daniel, some somebody's gonna like throw me all their live wire, you know, sins and pain of the past like year. You might want to be a fly on the wall <laughs> and yeah, yeah. absorb some fun. of the pain. Um but yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't, it wasn't too, bad. too bad. No. Uh yeah. We solved the solved the people's problems, so whatever. Solve the people's problems. The paper people's paper people. The paper people's people problems. People p- the paper p- Peter Piper pick up pick up pickle peppers. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm in the midst of documentation writing slog, which mm. I've been working on for a long time, but I'm like trying to get to now the finish really line. Now it's really going to happen because Alpine Day is coming. Yeah. Yeah. And I've learned like, this is just a fun tidbit. Mm-hmm. Writing documentation is the most soul-sucking work on the planet. Yeah. Writing anything is, but specifically writing, documentation. Writing is trash. Writing is trash. Writing is trash. But I have now identified writing as the most important skill outside of your skill. You know, if you're a programmer, for sure. the next most important thing for you to do is to write. If you're yeah, like an electrical engineer, the second most important thing, uh, skill to being able to do something is being able to write about it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that is, so I'm, I've identified that. I'm really bad at writing about it. That's my failing. Yeah. Yes. hundred percent. The I would be way more between... successful in the ways that I want to be successful if I was better at writing about things. Seriously, like a hundred percent. Yeah. Writing things is the difference between somebody who's not successful and somebody who is very successful. 
-hmm. it is exists on a scale and i so i'm kind of like internalizing this and and really trying to kick my ass into gear and be like yeah no like the the greats are great not because at birth they could paint the greats are great because they write a lot Mm -hmm. um you know that's uh (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's good well, who is that is it's that... the greats the greats uh the greats aren't, aren't because great of birth because they of birth paint. they could paint the greats are great the, because, they, are great paint because they paint a lot is that um, jay-z macklemore and maybe macklemore. it's taken somewhere else but that's oh, it is uh, macklemore yeah, yeah yeah yeah. i knew that was a line yeah um but it's true like yeah any great developer any great anything is great because they have a ton of good documentation they mm-hmm. have blogs and books and all that stuff you know yeah well it's just like i realized um so i was on a mentoring call yesterday with somebody who was building a custom eloquent relationship and um there is some like gnostic knowledge involved in custom eloquent relationships oh my gosh (laughs) um there are there are three main methods in custom eloquent relationships uh Mm. add constraint add eager constraint and match right yeah and like well, what's under- your package familia fam, yeah. fam. la familia um familia. fam yeah and like i started on it and this kind of kicked my ass to like work on it a little bit more but i think before i work on it i need to write about it yeah. because i explained a bunch of stuff about uh eloquent relationships to this guy and it was like oh i have all this like weird knowledge that not that many people have about eloquent relationships because me and chris spent like a long time digging into eloquent relationships together one yeah. time I was like, I probably know more about eloquent relationships than a lot of people. Like, it would be useful to other people if this was written down and they could, like, go find it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was crazy. I you, you know what that. a blog post I'm actually going to write is, Caleb? What's I'm, that? Hold me to this. I'm going to write this. All right. I am going to write a blog post where I come up with a real use case for has many through. Nice. Because no one has ever needed has many through. I everyone has, have. <laughs> everyone has always thought, oh, this is a has many through situation. And then right. you get into it and you oh, realize and one of your relationships not. is inverted. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. So uh, I'm going to write a real use case for has many through. And I'm going to like explain what, like how to know if the thing you need is mm. for has many through or not. Because we did this yesterday. We got into a situation where it's like, here's three models right? This one's related to this one and this one's related to this one. And it's like, I should be able to just write a, a thing that says this has many through this, yeah. through these two columns, right? Yep. You, but you can't do it because the column was on the wrong model, right? Like you, I could write a SQL query that joins them all and looks it up, but has many through doesn't do it because the, the columns are reversed. Um, and I found a package that actually does the thing that I need, which is uh, belongs to through. Mm. Um, Dude, like I feel like the we encountered of this has, at one point. The reverse of a has many through relationship like isn't a thing. It's crazy. Or, yeah. or like you have to like switch the columns because you can actually declare four columns in a has mm-hmm. many through. So I, there may be a way by like switching around those columns to do it, but it's really unclear. Hmm. So anyway, I'm going to learn a lot about has many through and then I'm going to figure it out and explain it better than the docs do. That's that's great you should do that i'm gonna do it Caleb. you should do it yeah i i uh mitch is so mitch has quit programming for a, that's a good. period he, of time what's he doing now funnel cakes or whatever again no instead of 
doing crepes this time. He's crepes, right? He's doing electronics. Oh, that's cool. Um, like soldering and shit. Yeah. So he's and he, but he's going pretty deep. Like what's he what's he building? He's building right now. He's building a. He wants. Um, he's building a basically a battery pack. Uh, so you know the batteries in your e-cig. Yes. What are those called? Uh, 18650s. Yeah. So a power bank using those because that's like the most ubiquitous form of like like, efficient and cheap yes so Mm -hmm. it's just so he just like 3d printed the the prototype that i saw is like 3d printed case of like four of those Mm -hmm. and then um, the idea is that you plug in uh there's one port on it Mm usb-c and you can charge it from anything that uses usb-c to charge and you can charge anything that uses usb-c to discharge Mm. Um, so it's just like a way and the goal is that like all these microcontroller projects are super cool, like Arduinos mm-hmm. and Pies and everything. But like you hit the shortcoming when you want to make it portable. And I've totally run into this where like I've done something on an Arduino or a Circuit Playground or Raspberry Pi. And you're like, OK, but this is so much more valuable if it's portable. And to make a, you know, an Arduino portable, you, you use that nine volt battery adapter. Yep. But like what? Like your thing is going to have, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, any yeah, good yeah. electronic device is rechargeable like a, a lithium-ion battery yeah yeah that manages all the power for it so so anyway so that's that's what he's working on um that's really cool yeah so but he's going to town like he's you know designing like the ic and like ordering it to be printed and it's and it's like like he's getting into like buck and he's exp- explaining to me like buck converters and whatever all the actual stuff that happens to take like one voltage and re- and you know regulate it to another and that's cool whatever anyway so he's going deep and I say this to say that um, that he kind of burnt out on that thing. And he, he's basically like, <laughs> I'm, I'm revealing everything, Mitch. He doesn't listen to this. He's like, uh, he, he's like, he wants to move, basically. He's like, I need to go. I need to move. You know, Buffalo is not for me, whatever. And then I basically sure. got down to it and was like, and that's like total, could totally be true. Yeah. Uh, but he travels a lot. Like he, you know, for months on end. Yeah. It turns out wherever you go, there you are. Hey, there you go um so but i wasn't even gonna force any of that stuff on him yeah like just like let's just pretend that actually buffalo is really really bad for you but like what you know it didn't take long to get to the root of it is that like he's bored he's bored and frustrated that he's not like yeah yep bored and and frustrated and like a project you know turns into something you're like do i even really care about this thing yeah but like you want some whatever basically the reason i'm saying all this well there is a lot that i think all of us could identify with Mm-hmm. but the end story was like i'm like mitch this is i'm gonna tell you what i think you need to do and you can do it or not but this is i mean it what you need to do the secret to all to fixing all of your problems is writing about what you're doing like mm. like seriously like if you could develop mm. the discipline to write publicly about what you're doing or just make youtube videos he i don't think he would want to do that because it's too much work yeah um but the thing about writing is it'll it does two things. It forces you to clarify your own thoughts. It's the most important yes. thing. And it forces you, it gives you like continuity in your life and projects and it communicates to other people what you're doing, which is how you get traction on a project and how things, you know, you're spreading your serendipity surface area. Mm-hmm. And those are the those are the key ingredients, but it, it sort of came down to I started with this whole like, okay, you need your skill and then you need writing, design. This is what I was thinking to myself. Like you have your skill that's the that's the easy part. Then the hard part's getting good at designing, at writing, and marketing. 
Yep. And I think that's true, but I've learned that writing is first and foremost above them all, you know? Mm. Hmm. So he just sent me, like, he's setting up a blog and whatever. Dope. Um, but that's the thing, man. It's the hardest thing to do. It is the difference between somebody who's killing it and somebody who's not. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's stupid, so, it's stupid and crazy, but yeah. Here's the solution to writing, though, and it's so obvious. But, like, I've been cranking out stuff like crazy. And the solution is, I'm going to credit Adam Wathen with this because, you know, because that's what we do here. Although, like, this is the most common writing advice ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I remember asking him, like, dude, how did you write that much documentation? Like, how in the world did you write that much good documentation and keep up on it? You know, that yeah. blows my mind. Taylor yeah. as well. It blows my mind. And basically his answer was really like, I don't know. I just, you kind of get in the zone when you start doing it. He's like, you kind of just get in the flow. And that's all he said. And it stuck with me. And it is very true. It's true. That you just have to start, you know, throwing up words. Yeah. And getting in a flow and not being too hard on yourself. And, and like the, the art of war, that book, that's like, that's the whole point of the resistance and all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole point of it. It's like, the, the war thing of that art, matters is oh yeah, yeah. The, yeah the art of war <laughs> art of war is different that's funny yeah the, the war of art um uh-huh. but yeah the key is to sit your ass down and write and don't yeah. stress every small decision do that in your next draft you know yep <sighs> oh man <sighs> it's true though it is this true. is the key uh, am i wrong like this is the you're key not, right you're not wrong right like, because like i think most things that I have let slip are things that if I had written about them, I wouldn't have let slip. What do you mean? Just like most things where it was like, oh, that's a really good idea. Like, I bet I could like get some uh-huh. social media traction off of that. Or sure. yeah. I could build a little bit of brand around that, do a little bit of marketing around myself as a person who knows about this, yeah. uh, publish a package to help people with this. You know, any of yep. those things that like would have like advanced my profile. And like will in the future advance my profile. Yeah. Like many of them, I just, I get really kind of interested for a little bit and then like life happens and I just, you know, I'm like, eh, whatever. But if I write about them, then I'm like forced to like own the fact that like I'm a person who like has opinions on this thing out in public and like it, it makes it more likely that I'm going to like follow up on that thing. Yep. And like I get cleaner ideas. You yeah. Know? Yep. Um, like for example, uh, like some of the things that I've done like with my clients that I'm doing mentoring stuff on, I'm just reiterating things I've said on the podcast where like, yeah, this podcast made me have a clean opinion about this. Yeah. And then like, you're paying me to like share my clean opinions so where I have them. the entire anthology. Of, and like, of I'm like, Hey, like here's a thing that we talked about on the podcast or here's a thing that we did at Titan one time or, Hey, here's a thing yeah. that I did at Internachi one time. And like, um, and if I just wrote about those things, they'd be so much more packaged. And like, I could be like, hey, here's like a write up of this. Yeah. Like at the end of the call, I could be like, all right, well, that was fun. Here's a write up of this so that you can internalize this principle. Yeah, dude. You know, I'm thinking the well, first thing that came to mind was my little tinker of uh, being good at artisan. No, no, no. My little post on um, dealing with ENV variable discrepancies when you're deploying. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things that like, whatever because i had to write the post you know you sit down and like you explore every angle and then you you go through everything and try to and communicate the thing as best you can 
Um, so like now I just have that residual like understanding of the problem and I can point to this like exhaustive piece on that specific thing, whatever. I mean, I'm reiterating what you're saying, but it's, it's so valuable. And there's so many things that I don't do now because like that stuff is shareable and applicable to everybody. And you know, the woe is me of like my, you know, my first world problem, my, my high level programmer problems is like, yeah, I could write about this, but like, who gives a crap? Like it's, you know, you should, this is I know what I'm I I telling you. I know I should. Especially like uh weird JavaScript stuff that you're really good at and other people are Even aren't. the little like set attribute thing. I was like, yeah, I was like, I want to tell someone this. about this, but I, I don't want to talk it out. I want to write it out. Yeah. But yeah. then I'm like, but who even cares? But you yeah. know, so anyway, um, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, writing, man, writing, yeah. writing is king. King. Very good. King. King among skills is the writing. It is. So I'm going to hold you to it. We're going to hop on this this thing next time. And I'm going to say, Daniel, did you, you write? got that has many thing done, right? Or started yeah. at least. Something. And you're going to say, yes, master. Yeah. I've got uh, four different use cases for has many figured out. What do you mean? Uh, yeah. Has many through, rather. Um, yep, 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 Yeah. Daniel. Daniel, Daniel. Daniel Colborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Q. Yeah, let's, um, let's cue it right now. Now. Now.